0: Study it together and apply it to our lives. Lord, I pray that you would please uh, help me to be able to have the words that you would have me say. Lord, I pray that this would be a time which we might be encouraged and that we we might hear from your word. Lord, I pray that you would give me clarity of mind, that your spirit would come upon me at this time to be able to minister to your dear people. We love you, Father. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Well, we're there in uh, Matthew chapter 20. And tonight we're going to be dealing with the first part of Matthew 20, the first 16 verses is what's commonly known as the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. And honestly, tonight we don't have to be very long, the the point of the sermon is not complicated and it's fairly easy to grasp, but I I want you to understand the the context, and we talked about it last week, if you remember last week we were in Matthew chapter 19, and we, we finished the chapter and we talked about the rich young ruler, we talked about this young man that came to Jesus asking, you know, what do I have to do to go to heaven? And and I'm not going to repeat that whole sermon, you know... uh... You can catch that online if you missed it. But I want you to just see the context of chapter 20 and what brought about the parable that Jesus taught in chapter 20. If you go back to Matthew 19 and look at verse number 20, Matthew chapter number 19 and verse 20, remember this rich young ruler. He says, the Bible says this, The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Remember, he asked a question. He said, uh, Jesus gave him those commandments. and He said, I've kept them all. What do I lack? Verse 21 one Jesus said unto him If thou wilt be perfect go and sell what thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me Now again I just want to reiterate that this passage is not teaching you have to give something up in order to go to heaven We dealt with that last week I'm not going to go there but I just want to make sure we understand that verse 22 But when the young man heard that saying notice he went away sorrowful he had great possessions. Jesus told them if you want to follow me, if you, if you think you're perfect, if you think you have no sin, because this young man had a sin in his life of not wanting to put God first. He had a sin of having a love for money. And, and, God, and Jesus says to him, sell all that you have give it to the poor and follow me and the Bible says he went away sorrowful for, for he had great possessions. This, this rich young ruler walked away from following Christ because he wasn't willing to give up his great possessions. He wasn't willing to give up certain things in order to follow Christ. Now, this caused Peter and, you know, we like to beat up on Peter a little bit, but I like Peter. Out of all the apostles, I think he's my favorite, you know, because he's easy to identify with. You know, Paul's easy to not lie, you know what I mean? The guy that's always just doing it right. Peter often messing up and saying the wrong thing and I like that about Peter, but if you look at verse 27 in Matthew 19, verse 27, the Bible says this, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Now you need to understand the context, okay? This rich young ruler just walked away from following Christ. He says, I I, I want to follow you. He says, I I, I want eternal life. Jesus says to him, give up everything that you have and follow me. And he says, no deal. He says, I'm not interested. He said, he he didn't see the value in following Christ. He, He saw more value in keeping his possessions than he did in becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. And then Peter is watching this and Peter's thinking to himself, okay, we've left all. Jesus asked us to give up our businesses and Jesus asked us to, to leave our secular jobs and our secular work and our secular lives and now we're in this full-time ministry and now we're these followers of Jesus and, and in other passages we're told that they didn't know exactly where they were going to spend uh, the, uh, at night and they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from and, and, and Peter is looking at this whole situation and, and uh, thinking to himself, okay, we left all." He asks this question at at the end of verse 27. He says, what shall we have there for? And and you need to understand, this is the question that sets the context of the parable in chapter 20. Because the parable is really a response to Peter's question. The question that Peter asked prompted the teaching of Jesus Christ. And you need to understand this. About becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. And I said this before, but I want to say it again because we need to understand this. Being a follower of Christ and being saved are two different things. You can be saved and not be an active follower of Jesus Christ. And by the way, there are some people that are followers of Jesus Christ and are not saved. Like Judas scary. And the idea is that to to be saved is simply to receive Christ as your Savior, to accept the gift of salvation, because I don't want to go to hell. And I I don't have time to go through all that and explain that. If you're not sure what that means, we'd love to show you that from the Bible after the service. But to become a follower of Jesus Christ is to decide in your life that I will follow Him. That I will allow Him to lead. He leadeth me and He will be my boss. And I will be His his disciple. And what the word disciple means is it's a life of discipline. It's not easy. You need to understand this about being a follower of Christ. It's a sacrifice to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It took sacrifice on the side, on the part of Peter and the disciples, and it takes sacrifice on you. Many of you give up your time every week uh, to come to church. You, all of you have given up your Wednesday night, your Wednesday evening, to be here in the house of God to hear the Word of God preached. And, and, and then you'll go and give up your uh, Sunday morning. And many of you will come back again on Sunday night and give up that time to be able to be under the ministry of a church that you can hear God's word. So that you can apply it and you can learn it and you can be an active follower of Jesus Christ. And you're giving up time that you could be using doing something else. Many of our church people will give up their Saturday mornings. When they could be doing any number of things. And they will take that morning and spend it in service to others, going out into our community and preaching the gospel to individuals, not for any benefit to themselves and not because there's anything that they will get out of it, but simply to keep people out of going to hell. And it's a sacrifice. Many of you... Give up your time in and volunteering. And, and we have ladies that clean, and we have uh, uh, men that clean the, the van, and, and, and come here early and drive the van, and, and stay late and drive the van, and, and help with the chairs, and help with the. Uh, we have people that set up, you know, uh, our, our sermons get posted online, and people do that. And, and many of you do that, and you give up time, and you volunteer, and, and you use your talents to be able to help our ministry in that way. Many of you sacrificially give financially. To support this ministry, and I'm thankful for those of you that 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 are uh, are obedient to the the, the commandments of God in that of tithing and, and offerings, and, and you give up and you sacrifice that uh, treasure, that money that you could use in another way, and you give that up uh, uh, for Jesus Christ. And and, and 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 I'm saying all that to say this: the Christian life is a life of sacrifice. It is a life of of giving up. It is a life of. of of hardship. It is a life of, there are other things I could do with my time, and my treasure, and my talent. And there are other ways that I could spend it. And here's what you got to understand, okay? From time to time, those of us that are giving up our time, and our talent, and our treasure, and our, our working, and our sacrificing, will look at someone like the rich young ruler, who says, I'm not willing to give up. And I don't see the value in serving Jesus. And I will go ahead and keep my treasure. And I will go ahead and keep my possessions. And I'm going to go ahead and not become a follower. And from time to time, those of us that are giving up, and those of us that are sacrificing, and those of us that are doing, we will look at those individuals and and you. I can can imagine and I can understand Peter watching the rich young ruler walk away and asking himself this question. And we like to beat up on Peter, but, but you've asked the question too, you know, is that it? That's it? I mean, you know a so-called Christian who steals from God financially, and does not tithe, and they go on vacations that you can't afford, and they drive vehicles that you'll never drive, and you just think to yourself, well, is that it? Is that, that just how it works out, God? They did not see the value in being obedient. They did not see the value in giving up their time. They have you. You watch other Christians say, "Well, they have time to do things on the weekends." That because i have chosen to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't have time to do. And it's just that it. That's just it. God. That's how it works out. And from time to time, you have to ask yourself this question: Is it worth it? And that's what Peter was asking. He's saying, that guy was not willing to give up his home and his family and, and, and his free time and his possessions. And, and he walked away and he's going to live a very happy life and a very pleasurable life and a very easy life. And we have given up all. And here's the question that he asks: He says, what's in it for me? That's the question. And from time to time, we all ask that question. As a pastor, I sometimes ask the question and think, you know... If I was doing something else, maybe I could have a nicer car, or a nicer home, or nicer clothes for my wife and kids, or or whatever. And we all come to that place. And that's what Peter's asking. He's asking, is the sacrifice worth it? And Jesus responds by telling the story. Look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. The answer to the question is this, For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder. Which went out early in the morning. Now you can study this out in the scriptures if you like. But the the morning is a reference in the Bible. In the Bible times and that Bible geography. Morning is a reference to 6 a.m. And he went out early in the morning at 6 a.m. To hire laborers into his vineyard. Verse 2 says. And when he had agreed. The word agreed there means they they made a deal. They agreed upon. They said this is what, what. This is what we are willing to work for. And when they had agreed with the laborers for a penny. Now, the penny here in Matthew chapter 20 is not the same as our currency, okay? Because here you got these men who are laboring for a penny a day. That's what they agreed upon, okay? So it's not they're not getting ripped off. The, the laborer says, hey, I want to hire you. And they said, okay, well, how long are you going to hire us for? And he said, well, it's morning and I need you to work all day at 6 a.m. And, and the workday for them was a 12-hour workday. So he said, we'll work for 12 hours. How much will you pay us? And he said, I'll pay you a penny. And they agreed. And they said, that sounds good. That sounds fair. We'll work all day for a penny. So, you know, I don't know what a penny is. And nobody does. You can open up a commentary. You can go on the internet. Nobody knows what a penny is. But if you think about it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's the pay of a full day for a laborer. You know, I I don't know, just to make the math easy, if if you're thinking of an unskilled laborer and you're going to pay them maybe $10 an hour, okay, for working uh, 12 hours, we're talking about $120. What someone would make for working out in a field or working out in some sort of construction, uh, you know, labor with their hands, maybe $150, I don't know, maybe $100. But we're talking about somewhere around $120 for 12 hours uh, of of, of work, probably. Just to kind of get our ideas around it. Verse 2 says, and when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny, a day he sent them into his vineyard. Now notice, verse 3. And he went out about the third hour. Now remember, in the morning at 6 a.m., That's when their day begins. The work day begins, 6 a.m., everybody gets to work. So three hours later, the third hour would be what we call 9 a.m. So he goes out at 6 a.m. and hires these individuals. He says, I want you to work in my field. They said, well, how much are you going to pay? And he said, well, how much do you want me to pay? And they said, well, we'll go out and work for you for $120. We'll work for a penny a day. And he says, okay, I'll hire you. So they go off to work. Three hours later, the Bible says in verse 3, he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the market. So he goes out, he goes out to Home Depot, he sees these workers there, they're not working. It's 9am, verse 4, and said unto them, notice, go ye also into the vineyard. Now notice the difference. And whatsoever is right, do you see that? And whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. With the second group there was no agreement. With the second group there was no contract. With the second group, they, they had not already agreed upon what their pay would be. He said, hey, go work, and I'll pay you what is right. And they went to work. Notice verse 5. Again, he went about the 6th hour. So the ninth hour is 9 a.m., and the 6th hour is 12 p.m., or noon. It's lunchtime. And again, he went up with the 6th hour. Notice, and the ninth hour. The ninth hour would be 3 p.m. And then likewise. What did he do? He went out, found workers that weren't working. At 12 p.m. and at 3 p.m. he said, Do you want to work? They said, "We want to work? He said, Go work at my vineyard, And I'll pay you whatever is right. Notice verse 6. And about the 11th hour, Okay, so the 9th hour is 3 p.m. So the 11th hour would be 5 p.m. Remember, the work day is from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So this is 5 p.m. There's one hour left in the work day. The Bible says, And he... And about the eleventh hour, verse number six, he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard. Now notice, no agreement. And whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. So, verse eight, When even was come, Even, if you study that out of the scripture, you'll know that even is six p.m., so now, the work day is done. So there's men that have been working from 6 a.m., there's others that have been working from 9 a.m., there's others that have been working from noon, there are others that have been working from 3 p.m., and there are some that have been working for 1 hour, from the 11th hour to the 12th hour, from 5 p.m., and now when even was come, 6 p.m., verse number 8, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire. Now notice though, he says, I want you to pay them for the day, he says, beginning from the last unto the first. Do you see that? So he says, I want you to pay them, but I want you to pay the guy that has worked the least, I want you to pay him first, and the guy that showed up first, I want you to pay him last. Verse 9. And when they came that were hired about the 11th hour, so these are the guys that just showed up, 5 p.m., they've been working for one hour, they received every man a penny. Do you see that? Now that's pretty good, right? I mean, a penny's about a day's worth. Imagine that you are looking for work. You're one of those guys, you know, there at Home Depot. And and someone shows up at 5 p.m. and says, Hey, I need you guys to work for one hour. And you said, Yeah, we we can work. We've been here all day. No one's hired us. He said, Okay, well, just go work. And I'll pay you whatever is right. And then you work for one hour. And then it's time to get your pay. And you're the first one in line. And you put your hand out. And they put $120 in your hand for one hour worth of work. That's pretty good. You'd be like, praise the Lord. I'm going to come back tomorrow. This is a great job. Notice verse 9. And when they came that were hired about the 11th hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, this is a group that has been working for 12 hours from 6 a.m. Notice, they supposed, do you see that we're supposed there? They supposed that they should have received more. Because they saw the guy that worked one hour get $120 and they thought, man, if he paid the guy that worked one hour $120, if he paid the guy that worked one hour a penny, imagine how much he's going to pay us. We've been working all day. Now notice, verse 10, but when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they, notice, likewise received every man a penny the guy that's been working for 12 hours gets the light and they put $120 in his hand and he looks, looks and he says well listen well that guy you know I've been working all day and I got paid the same as the other guy notice verse eleven. and when they had received it they murmured you know what murmuring is? complaining a low private complaining behind you know like you do for your boss behind his back and when they had received it they murmured against the good man of the house Saying, these last have wrought. The word wrought means to work. They said, these last have worked but one hour. They said, these, these guys, they, they just worked one hour, and thou was made them equal unto us which have borne the burden and heat of the day. Now, look, when you first read this, you think to yourself, what? Well, they kind of have a point. I and mean, they've been working for 12 hours, and they're going to get paid the same amount as a guy that's been working one hour? They're going to get paid the same amount as a guy that's been working three hours. As a guy that only worked half the day, they're going to get paid the same amount as a guy, uh, as the people that worked 12 hours from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. You're going to pay them the same amount. Notice verse 13. But he answered one of them and said, and here's what you have to understand, okay? This is what the good man of the house says. He says, Friend, I do thee no wrong. And you need to understand, the good man of the house was not doing anything that was, uh, that he did not have a lack of integrity. He was not doing anything sinful. And here's the key. Notice what he says. Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did not thou agree with me for a penny? Do you understand the story? He said, He said, I went out to hire you, and I said I need workers. And you asked, How much does the job pay? And, I, and, and we and we had a conversation, and we came upon an agreement, and you were not willing to go out to work unless you knew how much you were going to get, and we agreed upon a penny for the day, and you thought that was fair, and you thought that was right, and you went ahead and worked, and I paid you what we agreed upon, and that I am not doing anything wrong to you. Notice verse 14, he says, Take that thy is, go thy way. I will give unto this life, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? He's saying, look, see, you got to understand this. Jesus Jesus is not a a communist, okay? He says, look, it's my money. Can I pay them however much I want? I paid you what you agreed upon. You said you'd work for a penny a day. I gave you a penny a day. I've given you what we agreed. These did not agree with me. These did not give me a minimum. They did not say we will only work. They they just said we want to work. And I said to them, go and offer. Went and work. There was no agreement. There was no contract. Can I just pay them as much as I'd like to? Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last for many be called A few chosen. See, by the end of this parable, Peter's probably feeling a little lousy. Because you understand what Peter was doing? Peter watched the rich young ruler walk away from this job saying it's not worth what you're asking me to sacrifice. And Peter's response to that is, I'll work for you, Jesus, but I want to know what's in it for me. How much am I going to get paid? Because I'm only willing to work if I know what the result's going to be. And Jesus is trying to explain to Peter... Look, you can go ahead and work in my vineyard, and we can go ahead and agree upon a deal, but I'm here to tell you that when it's time to get paid, you'll have been better off if you just allowed me to decide what you would get paid. When you work for God, not knowing how much you'll be paid, He'll give you more than you deserve. See, we need to understand this, because when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, when you're actively in the vineyard, when you're going out and serving and working for Jesus, there will be times when you'll see other people working, and other people raising their children, and other people pastoring churches, and other people ministering, and other people doing things, and and, and they might know exactly what they're going to get, and and, and we're on this side of it, and and, and, and if you want to ask you, what are you going to get exactly out of that, you know, going to church three times a week, and that soul winning, and that raising your kids, and, and, and homeschooling your children and, and reading the Bible every day and praying every day and tithing and, and all that sacrifice, what are you going to get out of it? And, and we have to say, I, I don't know. I'm just believing that the householder is going to make it worth my while. And that takes faith. See, serving Jesus takes faith. And Jesus is trying to explain to Peter, Peter, don't make a deal with me. Because you're gonna low bid it. Just allow me to decide, and you'll be happy. Now there are some things we can learn from this parable. Of course, the main one of the main applications is don't make a deal with God. We get that. But you know that the work of God is the work of the vineyard. Keep your finger there in Matthew twenty and go to Matthew chapter nine just real quickly. Matthew chapter nine and look at verse number thirty seven. work of Jesus Christ is that of bringing in a a harvest. Matthew 9, 37 the Bible says this, then saith he unto his disciples the harvest truly is plenteous. Here's the problem. But the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. The labors are always few. If you take every activity, if you take every meeting of the Verity Baptist Church, you take our Sunday morning meeting, you take our Sunday night meeting, you take our Wednesday night meeting, you take our every activity that we do around here, you take our harvest party, you take our family and fun days, you take our whatever we do. Everything we do around here that we invite people to take part of it. The lowest attendant meeting will always be that of our soul winner. Well, there will be more people here on Sunday morning than there will be out soul winning. There will be more people here on Sunday night than there will be out soul winning. There will be more people here on Wednesday night than there will be out soul winning. There will be more people here on the Harvest Party than there will be out soul winning. You say, what's well, the answer for that? The laborers are few. And we all like parties, but we don't like work. But I would submit to you that the work of being a follower of Jesus Christ is to go into the vineyard. Jesus comes to those that have been working that have been idle the whole day. He says, why, why stand ye here idle? And they said, no man hath hired us. And what to God that it would never be say, said? said a Verity Baptist church that there was no one to hire a laborer to go out into the vineyard. Jesus said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth his laborers into his harvest. not anybody that's willing to sacrifice. Because, see, we don't really know what we're going to do. And it's easier for me to think, I can spend my Saturday at the park, I can spend my Saturday at the lake, I can spend my Saturday doing whatever it is that brings pleasure to me, and I know what I'm going to get out of that, I know that it's going to be fun, I know that it's going to be good, but if I spend my Saturday, or I have to spend my Wednesday, or my Sunday afternoon, or my Tuesday afternoon, or whatever it is that you're sacrificing, if I spend Jesus, I'm not really sure how that's going to work out. And that requires faith. To say, well, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know this, that on payday, I think I'm going to be happy. And on payday, I think it will be worth it. We learn from this parable... That God's work is the work of the harvest, of the vineyard, of bringing in the sheep. We also learn from this parable, don't worry about your sacrifice to serve God. Just let Him decide what the reward will be. Something interesting that we also learn from this parable is this. Usually when we think that God is not being fair, usually when we think that God is not being fair, it is because He's being too good to someone else. I mean, did you catch what was going on with this parable story? Look, look at Matthew chapter 20. Look at verse 13. He says, But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Does not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that as thine and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? And you know, the truth of the matter is, and we need to understand this, and we need to be reminded of this from from to time, that you and I are sinners, and we deserve to die and go to hell. What we deserve is to spend eternity tormented in hell. And whatever we get from God, if we don't go to hell, we got more than we deserved. Amen. And oftentimes we'll look at people and, and we'll say, well, God seems to be blessing them, and God seems to be giving to them, and God seems, they, they drive a nicer car than I drive, and they live in a nicer neighborhood than I live, and they make more money than, than I make it. And God seems to be, but here's what you got to understand. You Good to someone else. And we got to get our perspective right. And when you get $120 for working 12 hours, that's fair. And if someone else gets $120 for working one hour, then glory be to God. One more thing we learn from this parable is that if you're coming into the work of God late in life, God will see fit to pay you the right amount. See, some people get discouraged and they say, well, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and I didn't do things right and I didn't get this kind of preaching and I'm already, I'm already older in life and I'm maybe in that third hour of my life or that, you know, noon hour of my life or that 11th hour of my life and, and I have a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted years, but I, I would just challenge you if that is your position, if that is your where you're at. You say, well, I wish I would have grown up kind of knowing these things from a child, but if you've wasted time, just realize, get into work well, I only got one hour. God will pay you for it. God will reward you for it. And God will give you more than you deserve. If you allow Him to decide. But here's where we go wrong. We say, well, God, if you want me to be a co owner, I mean, do you realize what this is going to cost me? What am I going to get out of Well, God, if you want me to raise the children of my kids, the way that you're... Here, I mean, you realize they're going to take a lot of time and effort and energy, and what am I going to get out of here? And we'll look at our neighbors that are those rich young rulers that just kind of decided it's not worth it, decided, ah, you go ahead and do that. I'm going to enjoy my life. Matthew 19, verses 28, says this. Matthew 19, 28. Just one chapter before. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, That ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of His glory, he also shall sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or fathers, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold. God says, you cannot give me, you can't sacrifice more than I'm going to give you. And, and, not only will you get it hundredfold, but you shall inherit everlasting life. Now, you don't get everlasting life because of what you do. But the only way to get rewarded in heaven is if you're first saved. And here's the thing about that rich young ruler. And here's the thing about that neighbor that drives that car and has that house and has that life. And you're getting your family into church and saying, Because we serve God while they're going on their third vacation for the year because they don't have a church they tied to. And here's what you need to understand. They may have a pretty good life, but you could have the best life on this earth and die and go to hell. And it's not worth it. So, verse 30. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Just put your faith in Jesus Christ and realize that when we follow Jesus, there's a sacrifice, but the payday will make it worth it. He pays you more than you're worth. He gives you more than you deserve. And sometimes we see other people doing other things and saying it's not worth it. I don't see the value in it. I don't. I don't, I don't think I'm just going to go ahead and keep my life the way it is. But on payday, I promise you, I promise you, it will be worth it. But that requires faith, and you need faith to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our hands, Father. I know that the sermon tonight is very basic. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to not compare ourselves to others. It's easy to look to other churches and say, well, they're not not playing by the rules and they're not following the Bible and they're doing things that contradict Scripture and their church is growing and they have money and they have all the things that you could... It's easy to compare ourselves with others. It's easy to compare ourselves with other families that are just doing better and it seems like they're happier and it seems like they're accomplishing more. But help us to remember that on the day of judgment, When you reward us for our labors, we will be glad That we did not agree. And that we did not weigh the sacrifice. And that we just said, you know what? I'm going to go in that vineyard, and I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to let the good man of the house decide what is right. Help us to have that mindset. Help us to have that faith in you to believe that you will make it worth it all. We love you, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen.